Okay, hello, hello, everyone. Dashikal Miller here with this week's episode of Kuden Radio. It's a podcast for uh, serious martial artists, right, and people who just want to be freaking successful. So, anyway, quick question. Have you ever thought, I just need more willpower, right? Or have you ever seen or known someone who just looks like they have like a butt ton of willpower, right? I mean, they're just constantly getting stuff done, right? Um, well, that's the point of this episode, right? So during today's episode, uh, we'll be discussing how you can do the same thing. And while it's probably not what you think it is or what you need, it is actually easier than you thought. We'll talk about that more as soon as we come back. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio. Real training for real people in a real world. Okay. All right. We are back, and it looks like folks are making their way in. That's awesome. So um, got lots of notes here. But um, this is actually just like a couple of other episodes of Kuden. This is inspired by those folks who either write in via email or um, – or they post comments on uh, whether it's the videos or some other posts and, and whatnot, where we have this little dialogue going on about getting things done, right, and being more successful and, and those kind of things, right? And so inevitably somebody drops the comment, I just need more willpower, right? You ever feel like that, right? I could, I could get a lot more done. I just need more willpower. I just don't, I just don't feel it. I don't feel motivated, uh, whatever, right? Well, um, if you know me, James, do you know me? Right? So if you know me, <laughs> James is doing this, right? <laughs> Can you ever really know someone? Well, shit. I, I, segue, <laughs> I find it very difficult <laughs> for people to assume, well, I find it, I find it, I find it funny, right? When people assume that they know everybody, but the reality is that most people don't even know themselves, right? Um, your friends and family probably know you better than you know yourself because we ignore most of what we do. We don't pay attention to our own contradictions, you know, all those kind of things, right? So when they do the eye rolling and whatnot, and while it may piss us off, right, it's probably a good indicator that they've heard it all before, that kind of thing, right? So I've got an episode coming up. Um, I think it's, yeah. I don't think it's next week. I think it's the week after. I'll have to look at the, the schedule. But either way, we have, we have a, a, an episode coming up where the theme is, is no one taking your training seriously? Or is no one taking you seriously? Right? Yeah? So James is nodding, so I must not be delusional. But that's no sign of quality either. So anyway, right? <laughs> if you know me, let's get back on track, right? We took a little side street, a couple of crosses over, right? Back on the main drag. Anyway, if you know me, you know that the two two words that I hate probably more than anything else, right, um, aside from disrespect, right, but that, that's an action, right? The two words I hate more than anything else 
It's motivation and willpower, right? And these are the two things that everyone seems to be looking for the most, right? But, and, and what they're looking for is they're looking for somebody else to motivate them or someone else to give them the secret to being motivated all the time. Shit, I'm not motivated all the time, right? The trick is getting things done when you're not motivated, right? Okay. Or, which we're going to cover today, how do you set things up so that you'll be motivated? Okay. So, um, <laughs> I freaking hate these words, right? Um, again, you know, I, I get again these comments about needing willpower and all that, but then I get these other comments or these other emails, uh, which usually result in um, I don't know the, the conversation going down in flames because the person wants me to be the person who motivates them. They're looking to the sensei or the sifu or the whatever, right, to motivate them. Nobody can motivate you. Right. Well, you know, if, if you do something and I no, no, you're still choosing to do it. Right. Nobody can motivate you. I mean, even the here, here's a bad word these days. Right. Even a slave that's being whipped. Right. They, they have to choose to comply. Right. They have to choose to comply. So um, and I know that's bad thinking, but this is just the reality of things. Right. So, and no, I'm not condoning slavery or any other bullshit that's running around in some people's heads, right? So, anyway, um, so, well, let's talk about motivation for a minute, right? Even if I were able to motivate someone, right? Let's say I've got this idiot, right, that just, you know, whatever, right? They're a functional idiot, right? And I motivate them, okay? What are they now? They're a motivated idiot, right? So they're just more gung-ho about doing the dumb shit than they always do anyway. They're just more at it, right? Okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull in some science things. Uh, you, do your own research, right? Do your own background stuff uh, on all this. Don't just take me at my word, right? But uh, when we're doing something, right, Let, let's say you watch a butt ton of motivational videos, right? You know, we watch these things, and then we get all jazzed up, right? Oh, yeah, we'll watch a Tony Robbins or whatever, right? And now we're ready to go, right? That what's really happening in your brain is the same thing that happens when you have a crush on somebody, right? You have a release of dopamine, right? You have this chemical that releases. It's a feel-good chemical, right, and makes you just all jazzed to, to do that thing or to be around that person, or whatever it is, right? Get this object, right? But what ends up happening? You can't sustain it, right? That's why long-term love is actually operate. It's actually happening in a different part of the brain, right? And it's a different, different chemical process, different neurons are firing, all that, than new puppy love. We, you know, call it puppy love, right? Or lustful love or whatever, right? That new stuff, that honeymoon phase, right? The reason why a lot of people fall away from each other is because they can't get that back, right? They can't get the addiction or the high back that they had during that time, right? But either way, right? So we've got this, you know, watch a motivational video or whatever, right? We get this thing, but then what happens, right? We, it peters off. Well, why does it peter off? Well, it's a natural 
process in our brain and in our body. It's going to wane. Okay? Now what are we going to do? Right? We're not high to do the thing. So now what? Just like, you know, some people can't do certain things. Like I've got a friend who can't seem to bring themselves to dance unless they're three sheets to the wind. You know what that means? Unless they're shit-faced. Right? What what's really happened is their inhibitions and their filters have fallen away. They can't dance any better drunk than they can, well, probably less, <laughs> right, drunk than they do sober, but it's about what they're able to bring themselves to do, right? So if we drop the inhibitions, then the inner, you know, the inner intentions or drive or whatever comes out, okay? So, but there's this dopamine rush, right? It's, it's just not sustainable, right? And as long as we're looking for somebody outside of ourselves, right, to motivate whatever, Right. And motivation and willpower tend to go together. And some people use them interchangeably. But I want you to think about something. Right. Motivation. Right. Needs this dopamine rush. What the way most people think about being motivated, like, yeah, let's go like the sports team. Right. We're going to win. You know, whatever. Right. There's this whole kind of thing. Right. Until the second half and you're getting your asses handed to you. Right. And then, well, how are you going to win now? Well, I mean, like we're like way far back. This is when. This is when loser personality tends to come out, right? If somebody actually has that, right? Those deep-seated thoughts, right? Uh, some, I've got a family member. Um, they're making strides to be more successful, right? They, they just started a new career and all that kind of stuff, right? But they still have this inner quitter, Right? Everything is good, right, man? I'm motivated and ready to go as long as all conditions are perfect. And the unspoken part is everybody else is doing the hard stuff, right? But as soon as it looks like things might go wrong or they're called out on, hey, dude, you didn't, you know, you didn't do that right or whatever, right? Um, I'm done. Yeah, I quit. You know what? Screw it. You do it yourself. Well, Okay, you're just looking for a way out, right? And you're never gonna that 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 personality type is never going to get, uh, you know, where they really want to be, right? But in fact, they're probably gonna piss off a whole other, whole bunch of other people, and they're gonna they're gonna systematically run out of people on their side. Okay? I was just talking to one of my students the other day, um, who had well, not anymore, but they. We're communicating with this friend who was always complaining about being lonely, but they're surrounded by like coworkers. They're surrounded by family. Family's always doting on them. Coworkers are always giving them suggestions and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, kind of, right? These things are probably empty at this point because the more he learned about this wannabe friend, right? He wanted to be friends, right? Um, the more he realized that they've got this narcissistic personality disorder. And everybody else is just a plaything, right? And so now they're surrounded by all these people who have a very light touch when it comes to interacting with them because they've probably already been used and abused and thrown away. And the only time that they, you know, are called back for something is when the narcissist runs out of playthings, right? So now we're going to recycle, and that's actually a phase that narcissists go through, right? We're going to recycle things. Anyway, I don't want to go down that, that thing. I want, I'm going to take a look at why 
here's my premise for this uh, for the, for this episode. Right? I'm gonna watch. The, we're gonna watch the numbers drop, James. Right? Because I I went full on ninja on this one. Right? And I promised you how to have more willpower. Right? Except willpower sucks. Willpower willpower doesn't work. Right? And I'll, I'll I'll explain to you why it doesn't work in the long term. Right? It can work up front for a little while. But this is why New Year's resolutions and a whole bunch of things do not work long term, okay? And it all goes down, goes back to that, remember I talked about dopamine, right, brain chemistry, right? Willpower is even worse, right, because it's a whole neurological kind of thing, right? It's habit patterns and all that. And habits are not just these things that are in a void that are in us, like somebody, you know, unscrews the top of our head and pours all this shit in, and it's just in there, right? There's, like, electrical circuitry. There's, There's... computer boards and, you know, the, the, the human equivalent, right? Okay. Well, before we talk about that stuff, let's take a look at this idea of willpower, right? Willpower. What does that sound like, right? Will, I'm going to will something to happen, right? And I'm going to do it, right, in a very powerful way, whatever, right? Well, what does that imply? It implies force, does anybody on this on this call, on this episode, right? Does anybody here enjoy being forced to do things? Like you just get up in the morning going, man, I can't wait till the master shows up and forces me to go through my day. That's your thing. Right? Well, Sensei you know, Sensei doesn't force you to do things unless you're going to be in class and you're actually going to do things while you're there. And they're not really forcing you anyway, because you know what? The door's right there. You chose to drive to class, and you can choose to go, you know what? Just like my family member, you know what? Screw this. I quit, right? And you can walk out the door at any time, unless you're in my dojo and I have a mechanism in place that makes it more difficult to do that. And we'll talk about the psychology of that as well. It's amazing how many loops I open up that I have to close as we go down the line, right? That's psychology. Anyway, all right, so um, willpower implies force. First off, the average human being, right, the average human being resents, and, I mean, they may capitulate for a while, but there's resentment that builds, right? We don't like to be forced, right? So why the hell would we think that we would be okay with forcing ourselves to do things? Okay? Well, that's how you change habits, Sensei. No, it's not how you change habits. Okay? It works a little bit for a while, but see, there's other things that tend to seem invisible, that tend to be invisible to most people. And I've talked about these in the past, but now we've got them wrapped around willpower, right? That have a stronger subconscious, unconscious influence on us, our decision making, and how we do things, right? than we could ever imagine, okay? And we're going to go through some of those. So what I want to talk about today is what we need in lieu of this mythical thing called willpower, okay? What we need, right, some things that we can do that we put in place that studies have shown that people that we think have a lot of willpower, studies show that it's not 
willpower, it's what they've done to put certain things in place or to eliminate certain things that make it easier to do what they need to do to get where they need to go, right? Now, is some of it, is some of it a mental kind of thing, right? You just, it's just something you have to do. Yes. Okay. But it's not willpower and it's not force. Okay. If anything, it's acceptance. Okay. Because, you know, if you look around the world, there's, there's people who want to change things all over the place, right? But maybe there's a reason that some things are in place the way they are, right? Especially after how many billions of years of human evolution, right? But um, what we end up finding after fighting through some things is that maybe the reason some things don't have an easy answer is because it's just a truth and it's just it's just something that you need to accept, right? That's part of being a, an adult, right? It's part of being it's part of the maturity process when your brain finally hits that, right? It's a part of this little. Uh, triangle kind of thing that I'm going to go over here in a bit, right? So, like I said, just jotted these things down here, right? So, um, I'm going to give you a couple of things to do um, where changes occur, right? Um, there's some influence involved, right? As a matter of fact, some of this stuff um, we have in a program that I, I created, God, how long ago, James? Um, uh, Ninja Influence and Motivation, right? We've got this it was like a 10-week, 10 10-module. 10 I think it was 10. might have been 15. But anyway, so the the program was sold as a, like, a ninja no uge kind of thing, right? Manipulation, right? Influence, how to get anybody to do anything kind of thing, right? And, like, it was cool, man. Like, people jumped on it. People are still, like, you know, enrolling in this program, right? But what's interesting that I didn't expect, I did not expect, right? What's interesting is that over 75% of the people that have enrolled in that program did it with the intention of using those same skills and tactics on themselves, not to motivate or to influence or deceive or manipulate or whatever, anybody else. It was to use it on themselves to get where they're going, right? I'll share a couple of those little little ideas and stuff, but there's that. And then, like I said, there's this, there's this, uh, we'll, we'll, you can draw a triangle or whatever, but there are these three key elements, right, um, that are necessary to produce the kind of results that most people most people think is based on willpower, right? And so when they don't have it or at the first, at the first failure, right? They just, they just quit, right? Well, that didn't last long. No oh, shit. Well, I guess might as well just eat those cookies or whatever, right? It's just, it's, 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 it's backwards. <laughs> Our stuff seems to be backwards thinking to most people, but, the way most people are thinking, it's not necessarily backwards. It's just uninformed, right? If in school, instead of learning a bunch of the dumb shit that we learned, right, if we were sat down and taught how our brain functions and how we make decisions and how, what influences those kind of things, 
maybe a greater percentage of people would be making different decisions or making greater strides or whatever. Okay. So um, anyway, we'll, we'll jump into these things. So uh, before I dive into the next part of this, right. Um, who do we have on James? Who's with us today? Oh, looks like he's a little head. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think we were like, I don't know, doing something funky or drinking before before we jump <laughs> on those things. Anyway. Oh, Lee, Tori, Christy, Schaefer, Eric Wiest, Julia, awesome. Carl Kirsten. Awesome. Bunch of those folks um, shared uh, shared the event and all that kind of stuff, and I really appreciate it, guys, helping to spread the word and getting things out because uh, YouTube and Facebook want a shit ton of money uh, hmm. to maybe throw this in front of whoever, right? Um, so, anyway, cool beans. Any questions or comments that anybody threw in um, other than the hey, ho, yo, well, yo, ho? Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten threw out I seen someone say mind over matter is the willpower to overcome anything and I feel like I always have to impose my will though in order to get what I really want and how often does that work it works in the short term if the goals you're, you're going after are fairly short, short term it can work okay? but long term things like getting your black belt and you just started as a white belt Right or getting your fifth degree or getting your tenth degree, that's years. Holy shit, that's a lot. And besides that, when you're forcing when you're forcing yourself to do something or you're forced to do something, are you enjoying your life? I haven't been. I mean, not that I haven't been, right? But I mean, during those times when I tried that, it's just it's not sustainable long term. Okay. What's that old saying? Uh, all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy or re replace it with whatever your name is. Doll boy, doll girl, whatever, right? It just, you just end up going through the motions, right? And I got to tell you, the people that stick to like really, really, really strict diets and stick to really, really, really strict regimens and whatever, right? I mean, they're just, they're, they're, um, what would you call them? Um, They're evangelist or whatever. I mean, they're just they're they're just like so set, right? And they're running around trying to get everybody to do the same thing, right? Um, God, they are the most hateful, angry, upset people. I mean, you, you ever tried to you know, somebody who's on like a I'm going to call it a Gestapo diet or whatever, right? They're just really trying to do the whole willpower thing, or maybe they've Maybe they've they've come to accept that 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 suffering is just a part of the process, and it may be right. But have you ever tried to take one to lunch? Right, somebody who has a very strict rule set, not just for them, right? Because well, we all have standards for living, right? But they're trying to impose them on everybody else, 
right? Have you ever tried to do something with them? Well, I can't eat there because, like, they have MSG in their food. I can't eat there because um, the carb-to-protein ratio is too much. I can't eat there. Hatsumi Sensei's taught about this stuff over the years, right? Said, look, you know, we, we, yes, we, we do stick to certain dietary kind of things because it keeps you healthy and keeps your energy up and all that kind of stuff, right? But sticking to one too strictly makes it really easy for you to get ill or to be, when you're thrown off your game, right? It becomes a neurological, physiological problem because you're off, right? For a ninja, we need to be adaptable, right? So, yes, you could follow, a, you know, a, a, a general guidelines or whatever, right? But what if you're in a situation where whatever you normally eat is not available? Whatever you normally drink is not available. Whatever you normally do, see, think, hear, whatever. It's not either not available or it's going to get you killed, right? How adaptable are you without hurting yourself? I have friends who, you know, are on macrobiotic diet, they're on paleo, they're on whatever, right? And, you know, they'll they'll go to lunch with whoever and, you know, next thing I know, you know, I hear from them a day or three after whatever. Man, that really threw me off. God, I've had this stomach uh, problem for a couple of days because they put something into their system that their system now rejects, right? So instead of nourishment, what they ended up getting that was supposed to be, you know, the body could have produced or uh, processed nutrients from them. What ends up happening is their body now is wrecked because it was trying to do it, but it's not set up for that anymore. Okay. Interesting, right? So, well, it's interesting to me, but I've got weird hobbies. Okay. So, um, where do I want to go with this? Um, okay. So, Here's the thing, right? Willpower is again, it's force that we imply we force that we employ or use on ourselves, right? We're gonna force ourselves to do this thing. Okay. And while that may sound like discipline, it's not the same. Okay? Because Discipline, again, not what your parents might have called the beating, right? <laughs> You're going to be, he, I disciplined him. No, you beat his ass, right? <laughs> right? Okay? Discipline, I'm talking about self-discipline, right? Typically requires two things. It requires, well, three things. It requires a goal. It requires commitment to the goal. And it requires a plan. There's one more, and I'll talk about that in a little while, right? It requires a goal. It requires commitment to the goal. And it requires a plan. Okay? But they're all tied together, right? Again, that's, this is a different triangle than the one I'll talk, I'll talk about here in a, bit, in a bit that we need to substitute out for a bunch of these. I don't know that a lot of people are substituting things out. I think that they just need a framework which is why I enjoy making frameworks for students because otherwise, again, they're watching a whole bunch of motivational videos or they're running around the internet watching a whole bunch of YouTube, who knows, Bujinkan, or just a whole bunch of, you know, martial arts and whatnot. 
and they don't know how to make sense out of it all. They think they do, but they don't, right? What comes first? What comes next? What's a prerequisite to this, this kind of thing? Whatever, right? They're just, it's just, it's just chaos, right? But they're doing their best. At least they're doing more than the person who just sits around talking about it, right? Excuse me. So, um, we've got this goal and we've got this commitment to make it happen, okay? Now, commitment comes from a different place. And we've had, oh God, we've had kudens on all these things, right? Commitment actually comes from putting yourself in a position where you don't have a choice. It's a do or die kind of thing. Okay. And here's an example. We'll, we'll bring motivate. Well, we'll bring something like motivation back again, right? Okay. Let's let's do something like real world. Okay. Um, let's say that you and I'm not necessarily talking to you individually. We'll just talk about this person just so I can use the English language, right? Okay. So you want to buy a car, just really nice car, right? Look at it. Oh, man, it's just got – it has all the features and everything. It's just really, really awesome, right? Okay? Now, we could substitute this with doing Ninjutsu and all that kind of stuff, but, see, Ninjutsu is not an everyday thing until you make it an everyday thing, and um, that can be problematic because, well, see, that requires more work, and I'll talk about that too, right? But we want this car. I'll keep this simple, right? We want this car. Man, it's just, it's just awesome, right? What is the first thing that most people do – James, what's the, most, what's the first thing most people do when considering buying the car? Well, After they break down features and all the things that make them drool, when it comes to the decision-making process, what's the first thing they do? Look at the price. Look at the price. They check out the price, right? And then what's the next thing they do? They compare that to how much they make. Right? right, and they decide whether or not to buy the car based on how much they make. Yes. Sure. You want to really see somebody's motivation go through the frickin' roof or their willpower go through the roof? Let a bill come due. Right, that's either going to leave them homeless or sitting in the dark with no internet, and they'll find a way to freaking come up with the money. Now, I think it's pretty damn interesting that people will kill themselves to pay somebody else, but they won't do the same kind of work to pay themselves. That's interesting, isn't it? Right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if it's laziness or what. Who knows? Whatever. I mean, I'm not speaking for the 16 different personality types. I don't even speak for the six that are on the freaking mandala, so we'll leave that alone, right? <laughs> But they check, right? I can't, I can't afford it, right? So I'm going to have to wait until I can afford it to buy the car. Yeah, that's the typical way of doing things, right? Mm-hmm. right? You want to jack your freaking motivation and your willpower, right? Buy the car. Now every month you will figure out how to make the car payment so you don't lose the car. See, it's backwards thinking. But you put yourself into a situation that causes you 
to have to do what needs to be done to have the thing you want to have. But if you do it with conventional thinking and you use acceptance, right? Well, I just have to accept the fact that I'm a shitbag and I just have to accept the fact that, like, like I don't make enough money. Well, you don't make enough money today working where you work, right? Do you work in a place where there's upward mobility? And if so, what do you have to do to get to the point where you have the job that pays the salary that buys the car? Yeah, but, like, where I live, man, the cost of living. Move. I mean, (laughs) people want to be ninja, and they want to have, like, the power to influence their lives and the world and all that kind of stuff. And they come up with more freaking excuses, right? The amount of energy, the amount of willpower (laughs) that goes into proving why they're right and things can't get any better for them is just, that's just amazing. The amount of energy that goes into that, if it it would just be flipped, right? And we would ask different questions and put our head in different places and operate using different frameworks, we would have a way different result. And I don't mean like 1%, 5%, 10%. I mean like fucking ginormous, right? So, um, and I got bit in the ass with this too. I mean, James has helped me realign a lot of the things online because for the longest time, what I do, I created programs based on stuff that people wanted to learn and ended up with all these freaking programs that were just disjointed and became really, really, well, became damn near impossible right, to promote them all. So I ended up, you know, and whatever, right? And then I ran out of ideas for, for things, and it just, nothing. eventually nothing was happening, right? And now we're repositioning these things a different way, um, and because it's about, it's about leverage, it's about helping, it's actually about helping fewer people to a greater degree. Instead of throwing a whole bunch of shit out there trying to help a whole bunch of people for a little bit. Right. So. Right. And I'm really not poised to be anybody's motivator and I'm really poised to help people who flat out will just tell me how bad their situation is. And it's just no matter what I help try to help them with, they're just going to shut it down. In that case, you know what? You're right. I'm not your guy. Go sign up with the guy that has the Bujinkan welfare line. Or whatever. Right? It's just, that's not me. Right? It's too freaking taxing. And for all the people that want to do things traditionally and historically, that wasn't the teacher's job. The teacher teacher should not be doing ten times the amount of work, intensity, energy, and all that as the student who's supposed to be trying to learn the stuff from the teacher who's already done the damn process the first time. But here in the West, holy shit, I'm a bad guy. If I tell somebody, you know, maybe you need to rearrange a little bit in your life there or whatnot, before you consider just, <gasps> how dare you, right? Well, this is not something that I can wrap up in a bow. Shit, it'd be easier to wrap up a car in a bow and drop it off with you than it is, like, the skills that people want, right? And so, anyway, so here's, here's we've got these, we've got these issues, and it really starts with the way people think about things, right? Because your will, your, you know, motivation, 
all that kind of stuff, right? It's, it's really difficult to define these things. People want more of something, but all of these things tend to be based on how they feel. Great. So, so what? Okay. Anyway, right. So, here, let, let's do a little change of thought here. Okay. And let's stop talking about willpower. And let's start talking about, this is going to sound like a cheesy kind of word, right? I'll, I'll split it again in a minute. Let's start talking about skill power. The power of skills. Because I can make a list of skills that I have. I can make a list of skills I don't have. Willpower is not a skill. It's not something that can be measured. Right? But if I make a list of these things, I know, look, I, I can, these things, man, I can do. Right? A couple of them might need a little extra tweaking or whatever. But these things over here, right? I don't have these skills, but I'm going to need them to get over there. Well, guess where I start? Developing the skills that will get me where I need to go. Okay? And if I understand skills and learning, then I have to understand failure and frustration that comes along with the learning process. Would you agree? Right? Now, nobody likes failure and nobody likes frustration. But if we can, I mentioned this earlier, if we can accept that they're a part of the process and that every day I just need to suck a little less than I did the day before, and I'm willing to keep working at it until I develop the skills I need, Right? I mean, the way, the way a lot of people quit when it comes to, uh, you know, the first time things fail, right? Can you imagine? Holy shit. Bad guy shows up. Oh, dude, dude, no, 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 you can't come to me with a knife like that. You can't attack me like that. I didn't learn those skills, so uh, I, what I need for you to do, oh, you know what, screw it, man. Like, you can't attack me today. I quit. Right? I'm just going to go home. And that's the, that's the logic. That's just it's. You see, I mean, a lot of you're chuckling, and you know, well, that's stupid. Yeah, it is. Right? Again, I can motivate somebody, but if they're an idiot, all I have is a motivated idiot. Right? So, um, so if we can just get our head wrapped around the idea, if, if any, well, hopefully. Hopefully, no one is watching this or listening to this that cannot tie a pair of shoes. And I always say that because I'm getting more and more kids enrolling at the school. Parents are enrolling their kids at the school, right? And the parents have been lazy. So they bought slip-on shoes and Velcro shoes, right? Never bought any tie shoes, so the kid doesn't have tie shoes, and now we have a martial arts jacket that has two sets of ties on either side that gets tied just like a pair of shoes, and they don't know how to do it. So at 13 or 14, mommy and daddy are still dressing them. I understand learning to tie the knot for the belt, 
right? But if you've learned to tie, here's just another way to kind of do this thing, right? But they don't. So anyway, I'm, I'm hoping, right? But if we can think back far enough, and even if you can't, if you're a parent and have children and you have not been remiss in this area, right, because it's a survival skill, right, I mean, unless the kid's going to get a lick and stick bows for every freaking present they ever give people later on, which looks classy, right, when the bow falls off as you hand the person their gift because you went the cheap and easy way, right, so, yeah, I'm knocking shit like that, right? Because quality is as quality does, right? So, but anyway, right? Maybe you taught your kids to do this thing, right? If you remember the, like, they wanted to quit, right? The, the, the failure, right? The frustration and all that, right? But the more practice that goes into it, the better they get. And eventually, now you can tie your shoes without even looking. You may have, you could be having a conversation with somebody, right? Tie your freaking shoes. And you don't even give it a thought, right? So if we've learned from these things, right, same thing with, th- with subjects in school, right? In the beginning, something is hard. Why is it hard? Because you don't freaking know how to do it. So it's going to come with failure. It's going to come with sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. These things I understand, this part I don't, whatever. But the more I work with it, the better I get. And as long as somebody doesn't come rushing in, some bleeding heart, let's take all your pain and frustration away, asshole doesn't come in and relieve you of the failure frustration process, you'll get, eventually, you'll get really, really good at that thing. Okay? It doesn't matter if it's a life skill or a martial skill. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we keep working the process so that we develop the skill. I don't like it. We have a new shirt coming out at WCIDragonsDen.com. Just simple statement. Nobody ever said you had to like it. It's not about liking it. Do you need the skill to get where you want to go? Okay. Driving, knowing how to drive a car allows you to get to the dojo easier than having to bum a ride all the time. Knowing how to get a bus pass if you live in an urban area, right, and make the exchanges if you're doing the bus, right, or how to to call an Uber or whatever, right, or book an Uber, whatever, apps, but I obviously don't need one because I have a car. Right. But no, having those skills, not saying that everybody has to have a car and not a drive or whatever, depending on where you live. I live in a semi rural area. We used to have a bus system around here. Got used less and less and less until they went out of business. So now we finally got Ubers and Lyfts around. Right. But. No buses getting you from point A to point B. Right. There are no trains. There are no. So. You have less and less options, right? The fewer the options, the more need there is for specific skills. And for people that bum a ride, what's one of their skills? Negotiation. Communicating their need in such a way to certain personality types that gets the other person to say yes. 
That's a skill. Some people use guilt and shame. Some people use the woe is me. Some people use the whatever, right? But they're all skills. We develop skills all the time, whether we want to or not. Typically, we want to, and that's enough to get us through the the failure, frustration part of the process because it is a part of the process. And wanting to ignore it does two things. One, keeps you from developing the skills, and two, is contradictive to the wanting to be a ninja. Because ninja are problem solvers. And to solve problems, you need to have skills. Okay? And an onikodaki, no matter how good you are with it, is not ordering an Uber. Just doesn't work that way. Right? So, anyway, um, again, there, there's this process, right? How do we do this, okay? So, there's a couple of things. This is going to sound counterproductive or counterintuitive, as it well should, because if everybody understood this as a duh kind of thing, then we'd all be successful to a certain level, and those of us who have a certain strive and personality type would be trying to do more than that, right? And it's not to be better than anybody else. It's to produce results faster, easier, more effectively, and more efficiently, right? Because the longer we're working on something, the longer that failure, frustration cycle lasts, the less of our life we're enjoying because we're still working on developing the skill, and most people have it backwards from that as well. Most people spend 90% of their life enjoying their life, maybe the other 10% that they're not sleeping, unless that's part of the enjoyment of life, right? The other 10% half-assing the skills they want to learn, but they don't understand why it takes so freaking long. Right? In Mikyo, it's the opposite. You put all your eggs in one basket, you get it out of the way, and then you got the rest. You can, you can spend the rest of your life enjoying your life because you just got it out of the way. Right? Anyway, all right, so um, let's see. I don't want to do this. So I've got two, two things to approach this from, or two directions. So let's do this. We're gonna do we're gonna do that triangle that I talked about before. You know, before we do this, um, James, questions, comments, anything else pop in? Uh, Phil's on. Said good evening since good evening. earlier. <laughs> and Bill from out in Missouri. Um, Eric, we said willpower and determination should not be used interchangeably. Absolutely not. Determination is like an inner drive, right? That's going to happen no matter what. Willpower implies force, right? You have to, I mean, what's really going on is we've developed habits to do certain things. I'm going to get to this shortly, right? What we're really talking about is changing habits, And if we're talking about changing habits, we're literally talking about disassembling 
and reassembling completely different. We're disassembling neural pathways, right, and recreating new neural pathways because any habit that we have that we can do without even thinking about it, right? Some people are trying to, like, not bite their nails anymore or whatever, right? And then they catch themselves doing it, right? They try to force themselves to not. One of the reasons why it doesn't work is because to force yourself to not do something, you actually think about the thing you want to stop doing two or three times more often than you did when you just ran the program. Because now you're thinking about it all the time. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Drop the word don't. What do you have? Do that. Do that. Do that. Because the human brain can't think in the negative. You can't think about a negative until you think about the, the thing that you want to stop. So you're actually thinking about that thing twice as much. Which is why like terms like losing weight is it's counterproductive. Right? Or not overeating or whatever, right? But saying like I want to slim down to be able to fit in a, a size thirty eight or thirty six waist pants or whatever, right? That's that's completely different, right? It's a it's a different way of looking at it. But you're absolutely right. Determination and willpower are two different things, but they're used interchangeably. Right? So, I mean, determination is, um, I already have the skill to dribble a ball, and I am determined to get to the end of that freaking court to dunk this basketball, right? Willpower is forcing myself to dribble the whole length of the court, right, to what? Because that, what am, I, what am I willing to happen, right? I'm going to force myself. To make the shot. Oh, shit, that's going to be a really aggravating game, right? Because if I'm forcing myself to do it, what does that imply? I don't want to. Well, that sounds counterproductive, right? I want to be successful, but I don't want to. I don't want to do the things that are necessary to get there. Again, find the Bujinkan or whatever goal welfare line exists. Because it doesn't, right? Because that implies that somebody else will do it for you, and then you'll get the benefits. Okay? So I'm going to send James to the dojo to learn all the skills, do all the practice and all the hard stuff, right? And somehow, by osmosis, through space and time, my body will have the skills because based on James's. That doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way. Anybody thinks it does. It's probably under the age of six or operating like they should be. Anyway, what else we have? Uh, Lee said discipline versus willpower, but like pulling your own strings kind of way, like putting out your workout clothes and gear the night before. So when you wake up, it's an easy yes. Ah, see, there you go. We're going to talk about the psychology behind that. Okay. So some of these things are skills, and we'll talk about the skill thing here. Uh, first, developing the skills, there's three things that are needed to develop skills. And then we'll talk about a couple of other things that you could do. Again, there's a whole bunch of other things, right? There's a couple of really good books that are out there. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember the author's name. I think his last name is Haney. Uh, anyway, uh, has, has a couple of books 
wrapped around. Uh, one is called like the 100% principle, uh, but one is called, um, I mean, it's sim- super simple, right? Why willpower doesn't work. Those kind of things, right? Um, and these are all based on science, neurology, the, you know, psychology, those kind of things, right? Not, not the soft science of psychology, but like, you know, changing habit patterns is changing the way your mind, your brain is literally structured. Right? And there's ways to go out doing that, right? If anybody remembers like going to the dojo and learning Ichimonji or any Kamai for the first time, right? Even Shizen. No, you're not standing right. Your feet go here, your hips go here, your shoulders go here. No, you got this, you got this slouch going on or you got this pelvic tilt going on. Right? Stand like this. Well, that doesn't feel right, man. My back muscles are burning. That's not natural. Yeah, it is. It's natural for a body that has atrophied muscles that are responsible for keeping the spine straight. It is absolutely natural. What it's not is habitual. Natural is not habitual, right? Often people will say that's not natural for me. What they really mean is it's not habitual for me, right? It feels funny. It feels different. It feels off. I really fucking hate the word feel, especially when it's used in the in place of think, right? Oh, you see, you know that with me as well, right? Stop using the goddamn word. And it's become a colloquial thing. I feel like that shouldn't be right. I don't give a shit how you feel. What's your baseline? What's your logic that's producing the feel, right? So anyway, right? Um Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> I, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, and the whole theme of the friggin' uh, episode is going to change. Right? One of those things is precision, right? It's right on the friggin' mandala, right? It's one of the very first things you work on is precision. Say what you mean. Act in a way in accordance with that which you want to be or that's moving you in the direction that you want to be. Precision, Right? like a well-tuned engine or machine, right? If it was not precise, as soon as you turned it on, within seconds or minutes, it would break itself to pieces. Gee, I wonder why some people just feel like their life is just the shit in pieces. No precision. Good enough. Remember, was it last episode or the one before that? My wife got me the T-shirt, right? Yeah, good enough mediocrities, right? Holy shit, right? I wore it as a joke, and I would always wear it as a joke. You know how many people probably buy that because that's their thing? And then they can't understand why they can't get, can't get where they want to go? Meh, good enough. Yeah, well, that's what you're going to get. Right? Good enough for you, but it's not really, right? Because they're bitching and complaining all the time. So it's obviously not good enough. It's acceptable expenditure, unacceptable outcome. So now I need the rules of the game to change so that we're all equal. Right? Unequal input, but we all get equal outcome. That's not universal law. It's not how karma works at all. It's not how any natural law works. But somehow, smart human beings are going to try to rewrite reality. Because all we have to do is bully everybody else to do it our way. Because that's really what's going on. It's a game that's being played. 
That's how three-year-olds, six-year-olds, or whatever play fucking board games. When I start losing, I just change the rules and get upset if everybody else doesn't comply. And then if they don't comply long enough, I throw shit all over the place, and now it's over for all of us. But either way, I didn't lose. I wasn't wrong. And I resent the punishment I just got for it. Okay? So much for grown-ups, huh? That's ironic about, or that's that's the cool thing about the word, right? Someone could be grown up. Their body can have aged, but that doesn't mean that they have matured, because maturity implies experience. Anyway, what else you got? <clears throat> Two other comments uh, from Eric Weiss. Comment, or comfort. <laughs> comfort levels in our lives is the biggest anchor to our growth. We did an episode on that. And from Eric White, when is work not work? Never. But you can enjoy the work or hate it. I enjoy being a problem solver. Yeah, You don't have to like the work, right? But do you like what the work produces? One of my guys, uh, some of you guys know him, Richard Snyder, uh, retired from the Postal Service. But for his entire life, he was a farmer. Right. So uh, I once asked him after because he, he was working part time, like as a, as a substitute or whatever uh, for the Postal Service and then got a full time job. And I, I remember one time I said, do you like it? He goes, it's a job. But you know what I like? It pays me the money that I and my wife need and affords me the benefits that we need. But we we have. Things that we like to do, like every year they took a trip up to Quebec, to Montreal. Uh, he was always trying to learn something new, right? I mean, he uh, learned from he learned blacksmithing from some blacksmith in South Carolina, right? I'm sure there were more local blacksmiths that he could have learned from, but he sought this guy out specifically, right? So he knew what he needed financially to do the things that he and his wife wanted to do to increase the experience and the depth of their experience in life, to enjoy the ride. And so he didn't have to like the job. He liked what the job afforded him, provided for him. And this can go all the way back to, you know, the skill development, that, that failure frustration thing, Right. If the skill is necessary and requisite for the thing that I want or you know, I want to be somebody who's capable of protecting my family, myself, and others of my choosing, that requires a certain amount of skill. It requires that I learn those skills in the quickest amount of time and from the most knowledgeable source possible. Doesn't mean that they live next door to me. That doesn't mean that it's not going to take time. I'm not going to get bruised. It's not going to take effort. It's not going to cost money. It's not... But if I know what those things are, then I no longer settle, right? I don't settle for, well, he offered me a job and I need money. So, okay, well, how much money do you need? Well, you know, as long as the lights don't get turned off. Well, shit, if that's your goal, then stop wanting more than that. Because that's obviously the baseline. Right. But Richard, right, 
all these things, right? And it was just a really cool response, right? He said it's, you know, it's doable. And because he was a rural carrier, right, he had this route, right? What Richard did, because he got paid for a certain amount of hours, right? That's how long they figured it took. Well, it's long how long, but how long they figured it would take to deliver the mail to this this area that he had, right? Well, Richard did in the first, I think he told me two months, was he kept trying different combinations of delivery routes until he found the one where he could get paid for a six-hour day but have all mail delivered, not thrown away and ditched like the UPS and the and the postal workers were caught doing, right? Everybody's stuff delivered exactly where it's supposed to be in good condition. Oh, by the way, his first hour or two in the morning was at the post office uh, sorting mail and putting them in P.O. boxes and then sorting his own for his route and then going, right? Richard found a way to get paid for six or eight hours, something like that. Maybe it was eight, eight hours, whatever, right? Okay, Because they pay you for the same amount regardless of how long it takes you to get done, right? Um, he worked a four-and-a-half-hour workday. Guess what he did with the rest of the time? Whatever the hell he wanted, right? Instead of dwelling on the fact that I don't like the job, he worked out a process well, he used the process, right, of figuring out how to make it happen more smoothly. Didn't matter if it helped the company. Obviously, it did because he had less dissatisfied customers because the mail wasn't being it wasn't showing up at a different time every day. They were happy to get their mail earlier. Holy crap, right? So. If the postal service is going to pay him for eight hours, even if he's done working in four and a half, five during Christmas, maybe six during Christmas, he still has extra time, right? So, but it's a mindset, right? It's a mindset. So, Eric, Eric White, everybody should say hi, Eric. Eric was my first co-host through the whole Kuden thing. He's my, I used to call him Radio God. He's still Radio God, I'm sure, but. You know, anyway, so it's all cool. Don't feel all like nervous or, or, you know, thrown off there, James. You're my new guy. <laughs> anyway, who else? What else we have? I got other shit to come <clears throat> done. Uh, Lee threw in, I've heard of the term quiet quitting where the young person stops giving their quote unquote best at their work. Yeah, that's that seems to be a new thing. There's a whole bunch of stuff being passed around online, right? That this is this is how they're going to mistreat their boss or whatever. You know, what you're really doing is now stealing from the company, right? Because now you're you're it's called theft of time in the security realm when you take longer breaks or you take extra breaks or whatever, right? And you're not actually doing what you're being paid to do. It's called theft of time. Okay? And it costs companies a butt ton. And then people get pissed off because the company lays off a bunch of people because everything's faltering and they're, they're losing money. And well, why are they losing money? Well, you know, because people don't, they don't honor their, you know, their agreements. Okay? I just saw another argument online um, yesterday. 
I don't think it was today, but either way, right? So he's talking about, you know, I'm getting paid for this. And, you know, and then come to find out he's making a six-figure income, right? But he's resentful because um, he had to go from working at home to working at the office. And um, uh, he was, you know, I'm, I should get paid for uh, getting ready in the morning. I should get paid for my drive to work. I should get paid. Find a job that's closer, move closer to the job, whatever, right? They're paying you for productivity during a certain amount of time, right? You know, well, if they want me to do this, they should, like, you know, what, build a bunkhouse so I can live there and I can now resent that too? You know, it just, it just boggles the mind, right? And what boggles the mind for me is the person sat down with an HR person or whatever the process was, knew what the pay was, knew what the expectations were, agreed to it, and now a year later or whatever, right, well, they don't pay me enough for the shift. Well, then go ask for a raise or go somewhere else. You, you can't be successful by having the mindset of a victim. I mean, unless you want to successfully be a victim, in which case, you know, there's a whole whole realm for that too, right? Anyway, what else we have? At the moment, that's it. Okay, cool. All right, so let's take a look at this, right? We're going to take a look at a, a – you can draw a triangle, imagine a triangle, whatever, okay? So these three things are like points on this triangle. We're, we're going to complete this, right? But it, these are the three things that are necessary to develop any skill. So I don't care if we're talking about, you know, Ichimonji no Kata. I don't care if we're talking about uh, – uh, learning to do the bookkeeping in your small business. I don't care what it is, right? Tying shoes. I don't care, okay? So, and they are in this order, okay? They are in this order. We're going to talk about this, uh, these things a little bit more as we go, right? So the first thing that we need, right, is proximity, okay? Nearness, closeness, right? Okay? Proximity, right? This guy's complaining, you know, he works, lives in one place and works in another, right? And, what? Even if the business was next door, you'd have something else to bitch about. Anyway, right? So proximity, okay? So I'm doing this thing, right? Doing this podcast, right? So you're either on live and you're watching me or you're watching a recording if you're doing the visual side of it, or you're on Stitcher Radio or Spotify or whatever and you're listening to the audio version, okay? So the proximity even though your device is right in front of you and you're hearing me in your ear, I, the distance is pretty great, right? We're pretty far apart, right? Real, so for some of us, we're really far apart, okay? But you're still getting something out of it, right? There's still this thing. So it's, it's working, right? And it's okay, right? If I were doing, an, uh, if I were doing a course, let's say a, uh, an online course, whatever, right? There's still this distance, but you've enrolled in this thing, and you're getting more dedicated time from me. Do you know what I mean? It's not just, I'm not just like throwing out this thing, you show up for a Monday, kuden, and here's the topic of the week or whatever, right? Now, the proximity isn't just the distance between you and I. It's the distance between your need and what's being delivered to help you with that need, 
to help you solve that problem or gain that skill or whatever. Does that make sense? James, does that make sense? That, that come in okay? Okay. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, that's better, right? If I were doing a seminar, right, like the upcoming spring camp or whatever, right, and you travel in for that, right, now we're in the same space, but just for a compressed amount of time because eventually it's going to be over, right, two or three days, you're going back home, right? That's much better, yeah, okay? Um, if you live locally, right, and you come in for classes a couple of times a week, right, much closer to me and much more often, okay, that's even better, yes, okay? And then if we did one-on-one -on -one very specific stuff, now, again, it could be on Zoom, it could be, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, it could be a telecall, whatever, right? And it's very specific to your uber-specific needs in a very specific area. And you're getting 100% of my time and attention, right? Well, that's the best, right? Because you're getting one-on-one, -on -one, very tailored help. Does this make sense? Okay. So the, the extent to which we can we can increase or decrease, right, whatever, right? We can change the proximity and the exposure, right? Now, let's take me out of the equation, okay? If you're just running around the Internet or YouTube or whatever and watching videos by this guy, that guy, whatever, okay? Now, that's even farther away than this podcast Unless you're watching by video, right? If you're watching by video uh, or you're listening to a recording on Spotify, whatever, okay? For those of you who are on live, the proximity that was pretty far originally when you're talking about me, right? You go and look at recordings, video, listen to audio books, whatever, right? That's actually much farther. That's the farthest you can get from the source. You're getting information but you can't interact, right? Do you understand the proximity thing here? This is important, right? The closer the proximity, the closer you are to the person with the knowledge or the skills or whatever that can help you get what you need specifically, that can help you move from point A to point Z as quickly as possible, the better off you're going to be. Okay, so nobody makes you show up for a podcast. No one. The information is put out. You decide to do it or not. You can always click, just like a bunch of people do. You can always click off whenever, right? Somebody comes into the room. Somebody in your house needs something, whatever. You're cheating at work, right? Whatever, right? You got to sign off. All those things, right? Nobody makes you do that, right? If you come to class. Right? Distance classes, again, see, I don't make my students come. I just make those times available. And those who come or those who ask questions, even if they can't make it because of work or whatever, right, they get attention, right? They get the help they need. It's closer, right? If you come to the dojo for a seminar or for regular classes, right, you, you follow the plan, for that class or for that seminar, right? So the 
proximity equals depth of engagement. Right? And the closer you are to the teacher, guru, mentor, whatever it is you're using, right? The closer you are, the harder it is to not work on what you need to work on. So even if you don't practice at home, in spite of yourself, you will still learn the skill. It'll take a little longer, but by virtue of still coming to class and working on the same things, you're bound to get better, right? And you're also purposely uh, submitting to the failure frustration paradigm. This, again, I'm going to say that again. The sooner you can accept that as part of the learning process, the faster you develop. Okay? All right, so that's number one, okay? Number two, right, is immersion, right? Immersion, right? This is intensity, okay? The depth to which you engage, right? James knows this because he comes into the dojo. Uh, Eric can relate to this because he used to be, you know, well, both Eric's, right? Eric White and Eric Weist, right? All these guys, right? If you've been a member of the dojo, um, you know that when people come to class, there's a different level of intensity from different students. Mashinobi Kai people um, and some of the mastery leadership people, depending uh, usually it's the people that time, work, family, whatever, doesn't allow them or they don't want to make that jump to that full-on commitment of our Shinobi Kai program, but they're still upper echelon uh, students. Like I've got this state trooper, her name is Rachel, right? Um, Rachel's just like all in, but she's not in the Shinobi Kai program. She should be because she absolutely qualifies for it, right? But either way, right? The intensity that these people train in when they're in the dojo, um, they're doing research outside the dojo. They make arrangements to get together and do some training, whatever, right? Um, the number of times they're at the dojo, right? The amount of time that they probably think about this stuff outside the dojo, right? All that matters, right? The intensity to which we train, the intensity to which we're, we're engaged with this thing, right? So teacher gives us stuff or we learn this stuff or whatever, right? And the amount of time we put into it, right? The amount of effort we put into it while we're training, okay? So not everybody that comes to class has the same engagement level. Contrast that with the number of people that come to seminars. The general intensity and engagement for everybody is much higher because they paid extra to come. A lot of them traveled a long distance, right? And if they're anything like me, when I used to, you know, go to my uh, Western teacher's dojo, just nine hours away driving, um, or when I go to Japan or whatever, right? Notebooks get filled, right? Nothing comes out of my teacher's mouth that I'm not processing or it gets, even if it's a sidebar. It doesn't have to be a technique, right? If I see him doing something, walking a certain way, um if it stands out, it gets written down, right? So if they're anything like that, like everything counts. Nothing doesn't matter, right? So the general intensity and engagement for students to come in for seminars is much higher, okay? The general engagement for students that do one-on-one -on -one things, way higher, right? Because they know that the next time we meet, I'm going to be asking them. 
where I'm going to be looking specifically to see improvement in what they were just doing. So they can't hide in a group. They can't hide in a, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a classroom, right? And only get a little bit of interaction because everybody else, right, is getting some too, right? It's all about them, right? So immersion, intensity, right? Uh, that's the second piece, right? So first one is proximity. Second one is immersion or intensity. The third one is experience, okay? So the third point is experience. Experience comes about through practice, okay? Now, it can also come around through practical application, but here's the thing with practice. What I was taught by my teachers a long time ago was that practice is not something you set aside time to do. It's something you do once you get a lesson. You put the lesson into practice. So if I learn to walk more correctly and carry my body more correctly, to the extent that I'm capable, every time I'm more self-aware and I'm walking somewhere, I'm going to be practicing the way to move the feet or the legs or to relax the hips, knees, and ankles, whatever, right? I'm going to be practicing that thing, not just setting time aside to practice for a couple of minutes. If I learn a new way of walking, every time I walk, I'm going to practice the new way of walking, right? If I learn this pendulum swing from this Chino Kata, right, every time I, I, I need to do that with my arm, right? I don't have to do the whole model, but every time I reach for the refrigerator, every time I reach for a door handle to open a door or close a door, every, see where I'm going with this, right? It's, it's the same thing. Now, my arm could be less extended or more extended based on what I'm doing, but every time that that arm thing, right, it gets practiced, okay? So it's experience. And the more experience I get with something, what is that? Sirens. Is that going past your house? Yeah, there must be a, something big going on. There's a whole mess I'm going past. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. All right. So if the FBI raids James' home, we're going to get, we're going to watch, right? It's right. I'm going to, I'm going to make his screen full. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, uh, the more I practice, the better I'm going to get, right? And what is practice? Every time I practice, I'm getting experience doing the skill, right? I'm running through the failure frustration process until that's less and less and less, until it's gone, right? But also, I'm learning a lot about when it works, when it doesn't work, timing, all those kind of things, right? It's experience, right? So to develop a skill, we need three things. We need proximity, right? We need, we need proximity or nearness to the source of the knowledge I need to acquire, Okay. Everybody wants to do the free route, and I get it, right? I get it, right? I've been in those kind of places in, in my life as well. And there's still sometimes when I want to work with a mentor, but, man, their program's up there, right? And so I do the best I can until I get to that point where I can do the next step, right? Um, not everybody can drop six to $10,000 to work with a mentor for however long, right? I, I get it, right? But – there's all these other things that I can be working on, right? Or I can find somebody that knows a piece of that 
And that's only going to cost a piece of that in time, money, effort, whatever. Right? I get it. Right? Man, you drop that much? Okay? Figure it out. Figure it out. Right? I can't do that as easily as I need to do it. Right? It's or where it causes less confusion or whatever until I figure this out. So I got to figure this out. See, that's the determination that Eric Weiss was talking about, right? Not forcing myself to do anything. It's not willpower. Right? I'm going to buy this program and I'm going to will myself to go through it. No, I'm going to go through it, right? So anyway, right? So proximity, I put myself as close as possible as close as I can manage to the source to work on stuff, right? And then I'm going to do it as, as much and as often as I can as I can muster, right? If it's martial arts, right, my students are committing to an hour uh, twice a week minimum, right, to come to class, and that's for base-level programs, right? Now they get more opportunities and more class time availability, the higher the program because they're committing to a deeper level of intensity and immersion, right, which means they're going to experience more and practice more because they're doing this thing, right? So, um, and then again, right, so immersion, intensity, right, I'm going to jack that up to the greatest degree possible that I can muster, and that's going to affect my, my experience, right? Uh, it's, and I'm going to, as a part of the experience also on the practice, I'm going to generate as often as possible experiences where I'm going to need the new skill. I'm going to need to, to work it, right? And that's going to be, that's going to give me a direct feedback as to how well I'm doing with it, right? So there's a thing in Mikio where, 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 um, talking about thought, word, and deed, and with the, with the deed or the experiences, right? The admonition is I create the experiences I need to experience. Okay. So instead of randomly waiting for shit to roll around, right? Not watching Netflix. So I'll look out the window and see if, you know, there's a thug walking down the street. Well, I guess we could do that. Right. Or we could go to a controlled environment like the dojo and then engage in training do some sparring, do some target work, work on these different skills from different perspectives, right, to get that stuff in there, right? But with things outside of that, whether it's problem solving, goal setting, uh, money management, whatever, I, I can create experiences where I have to do that. I The skill gets used, right? So anyway, um, before I throw a, a couple, there's, there's two more that I want to throw out just so everybody has it. Right. Uh, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. So but before I do that, any any questions or comments on what I just covered? No, I don't see anything. No. OK, cool. All right. So here's um, two. Uh, again, you, you can find more if you go digging. Right. My job is just to kind of whet your appetite for this stuff. If it, if you're serious. Right. If you're not serious, then I hope I entertained you less boringly than something else you could have been doing for the last hour and a half. Anyway, all right, so here's two things you can do, right? We'll talk about each one uh, individually, right? The first one, this is huge, huge. 
Did I say huge? Huge. Right? Okay. Uh, you make changes to your environment. Okay. Uh, when I was stationed with the United States Army, um, and I was in what was then West Germany, had a family, had a wife, two kids. I was a military policeman, worked 12-hour shifts. That, that didn't count the two hours before shift duty started and two hours after because you had to uh, sign out a vehicle, do a vehicle inspection, make sure that was all set, be where you needed to be for inspection, uniform, gear, all that kind of stuff. And then we had a briefing from the off-going shift for things that were still in play, right? Then we could do our 10 to 12-hour shift. And then we had a debriefing where we were briefing the oncoming shift, right? Got our to-do list for whatever had to be happening for the next day or the week or whatever. And then take our vehicles to the wash station, wash our own vehicles, and then turn them in, and then we could go home. Okay. Well, who would put up with that? <laughs> and I, I enjoyed the process. Was it all great? No, it was usually the assholes I had to deal with. Right? Um, and they weren't the other MPs. Right? It was the over 18-year-olds who couldn't freaking handle themselves or control themselves. Right? You want to see less cops? I want to see less dickheads. There'll be less cops. We'll be able to need for less, right? And if you want to see less of those, then we need to catch ourselves cheating at every turn. You know, if we don't get caught, then, you know, we'll do it as long as we don't get caught. And that could be in any, any arena, speeding, whatever. Okay? So it is what it is. Anyway, so changing your environment, okay? So... I couldn't change the fact that my teacher was in Dayton, Ohio. If you know where that is, it's on the western side in the middle of the state, right up against Indiana. Okay? I had to get to Frankfurt, West Germany, to fly space available or a commercial flight back to Philadelphia or what I, when I learned the tricks to do it, right, and I could fly for... Ten bucks? Ten bucks, right? On a military cargo plane from Frankfurt to Dover Air Force Base in New Jersey, Delaware, Dover, Delaware, sorry. And then take a short uh, ride over to Philadelphia Airport. And because I had a military thing back then, I don't know if they still do it or not, but I could fly to Dayton International Airport for 29 bucks. Sometimes they really pushed me. It was 69 bucks, right? But again, we're in, it's in the 80s, so don't freak out too much because now it would probably be, I don't know, 200 bucks. But anyway, and then, you know, taxi, whatever, okay? But what about when all I had were the notes? What, I, what about when, you know, whatever, okay? What I did was I set up parts of my house where, like, I just negotiate with my wife. Like, I, I know this is the decor and this is the home you've set up, but on this little part of this this uh, entertainment center, right? I have this picture and this little symbol of my training, right? I have this in a frame that's going right here so I can't miss it when I come home. It's the first thing I see when I walk in the door, 
right? That kind of stuff, right? I set up a little training area, right? Um, I decided that there were certain um, certain times, right? Just based on the way my duty station worked, right? Yeah, but you got like two little kids. I did, right? I made up games so that I could practice my rolling and my evasion and all that kind of stuff while still playing with the kids, right? Because I took my job as a dad really important as well, right? So how I only have a finite amount of time, right? I just had to get creative to make it happen, right? But, see, this is like, remember earlier in the episode, if you were on during that time, and I said, um, if you want to figure out how to make more money, to have the car that you want to have, right, buy the damn car, and you'll have to figure out how to make more money to make the car payments every month, okay? As soon as I introduced my kids to these games that helped me train, guess what my kids wanted to do? Those games way more often. So whether I wanted to practice or not, I created a situation where I had to figure out how to muster the energy, how to whatever, right? Because I wanted to be there for my kids, right? So I created a situation that created the outcome. So people made comments about, man, you must have a lot of willpower. And And speaking of willpower, uh, if anybody's ever gone to Japan with me, you know that I train a lot, right? Um, I get about 35, 40 hours of training in two weeks, okay? Um, And that's not going to the dojo all the time. That's, I mean, that's training time, right? But we're also on treks to temples and castles and things that are historically relevant to what we do, right? Well, how do I make sure that I do that? Well, I put together training packages for students to go with me, and as soon as they start signing up, Guess what I have to do? Do all the things necessary for me to get there and put together the, the, the itinerary and the training agenda at each point if we're not in some master teacher's dojo and, 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 and. I create a situation where it's not willpower, right? I have no choice. Well, I really do. I could just cancel the program and then leave my students stranded. Well, that's not going to happen because I'm not that guy. So what I do is I create, right, I'll talk about that, number well, number two, right, um, that, that's my number two, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, right? So changing the environment, okay, um, we just re-released a self-defense program um, not too long ago, Foundations of Ninja Self-Defense, right? And there's a whole bunch of bonus training in there, and one of those things is how to create a home dojo especially when you know the space to create a home dojo, okay? Because if you can create one, you get head wrapped around that you have it, and you've done all the work to create it, part of you that's part of the influence and motivation program, right, you'll start to use it because it's there, right? Um, in, in weight loss circles, right, this is a big thing, right? You want to stop eating all the chocolate and candy? Get rid of it. You want to stop eating the chips instead of the good, healthy food? Get rid of it. If it's not in your house, you can't go after it. Well, I can run to the store. Ah, here's another psychological uh, reality based on all their research, okay? If given two choices, 
the typical human being will default to that which is based on proximity and ease. So, let's say somebody wants a, uh, I don't know, they want a beer, right? Or they know they should drink water, right? But they go to the refrigerator and there's no beer. But if I hop in the car and drive 10 minutes and go in and do some shopping and buy the beer and then come back home and then 90, 90% of the time the person will drink the water because they wanted to drink, right? Whether or not they like the water. Nobody ever said you had to like it. Okay? If you're thirsty, there's a choice between a soda or pop, whatever you call it where you live, or water. If one is not available, more often than not, out of laziness, we have a saying in our instructor training program, all students quit and all students procrastinate. One of the jobs of an instructor is to get their students to procrastinate quitting. Okay? So, if I set things up, my failure rate will drop. And now it has nothing to do with willing myself to choose the water over the, okay? If I can set things up, Lee talked about laying your workout clothes out, right? They're halfway there. I would suggest that if you put them in the training bag and put them in your car and you chose a gym between work and home, you're way more likely because now you're not having to go through all the work to make something happen. Right? It's already, it's easy. Okay? Human beings will default to easy. Nearness and easy. To think that we are somehow special or any different. Right? What makes some people different is that they've done those things to get through the points where willpower works in the short term. You have to will yourself to take your nasty stuff out of the bag, put it in the laundry, right? Put new stuff in the bag and make sure the bag ends up in the car. That's where willpower stops. Eventually, the process of training may or may not become enjoyable or you just get better at the skills and your body gets stronger and things get easier and the dopamine that kicks in during that time, now you get addicted to that rush. So that's what's going to make you go to the, to the gym because you're going to have these endorphin and dopamine and whatnot rushes, right? So now you're addicted to that, but it's a positive addiction, right? So now you just you do all these other things, right? Um, James can probably recognize this, and a bunch of other students can as well, right? You hit a certain point in your training where it doesn't matter if it's a life issue or an illness or a job or whatever, right? If you can't train right, for a week or so, two weeks, whatever, you get agitated because your habit pattern is slipping again, you know, it's blowing a gasket, right? It's, we're not doing, right? And it becomes frustrating. 
it can it can be it can be it can get you to a point where you're pissed off, right? And you you now it's not willpower either. It's that determination that Eric was talking about, right? Fucking get these other things done and out of the way because I gotta get back to the dojo. This is in my way. See, these are all different things, right? But we're using natural proclivities. We're using natural processes, right? And here's where the willpower comes in as well, right? If we do something, studies have shown it's kind of out, you know, modern Western science says 12. Our Mikio practice says 21. But it's the number of days in a row where you're doing the new habit or you're practicing martial arts or you just go to the damn dojo, right? Okay. So 12 to 21 repetitions of the same thing causes the system to recognize, and here's how our bodies are set up. Our bodies and our brains are set up to get wired to do the thing we do on a regular basis, whether it's strain on the body or problems, whatever it is, to do it quicker and easier. So if we do it consistently, and here's where the willpower comes in, or the discipline comes in, we do it, right? And if you keep your head, in, you know, I only need to do it 21 days, 21 days, 21 days, right? Your system rewires itself, okay? So in this, this I've already segued into it, right? But the second thing to do is to influence your choices, Right? So one of those things could be changing your environment. Changing your environment, we've talked about this how many times, right? Could mean changing your group of friends that you hang out with. Right? All the guys at the dojo that have, um, that have been there, they're the Shobikai level and stuff like that, right? Um, most of them interact way more often with each other than they do in old groups. Right? Not, not all groups, right? Because some, serve whatever it is that, that serves that part in their life as well, right? But they, they create these connections and these bonds, right? And next thing you know, you got a new group, a new peer group. What have we said in the past? Show me your five closest friends. I'll show you your destiny, right? Or I'll show you your, your future, right? Or you're the average of those five, right? So if you're moving in, in a group, that thinks a certain way, acts a certain way, does certain things and whatnot, guess what? The temptation to do those things is really, really, really strong. Okay? So if you're in the wrong type of group, then you're going to live to the adage that it's difficult to fly with or soar with eagles when you walk around with turkeys. Okay? If you hang out with a different type of group, then, right, you're going to be doing what that group does. Right. There's something else I want to say about that little group thing. Um, wait, I know this. Don't tell me. I got it. Uh, oh, yeah. Influencing your, your decision-making and, again, whether you want to call it willpower or discipline or whatever, Right. In any group, I think I've said this in the past as well, right? Try to be the dumbest guy in the group. Try to be the less skilled guy in the group. But engaged and committed. Because if you do that, 
the other ones that know more than you are going to pull you up because they're trying to help you, right? If you're just a deadbeat, they're going to try to figure out how to get rid of you. Or they're going to ignore you till you just go away. Okay? It happens in the dojo all the time, right, James? It happens all the time, mm-hmm. right? Somebody comes in, they're really into things, right? Uh, I had somebody, uh, somebody coming for a seminar, and they were surprised at how people, like, regardless of their bell level, right, they, they were surprised at how everybody took time, right? Well, that's because they're in a growth-oriented group and not in a self-serving group of people that all want to be in charge or whatever. Do you know what I mean? There's a, there's, there's a difference between the, uh, the mutual admiration society type groups, right? Look at us. We're all that, right? And groups that are actually growth oriented, right? So anyway, um, I, I think that's all I have, right? So again, stop thinking in terms of motivation or willpower and start thinking in terms of how do I set things up? So doing is easier, right? And there's more influencing me in the direction I want to go or influencing me in making the right choices, okay? And to recognize that it's a skill issue. It's always a skill issue. And... I need to accept and get comfortable with the failure frustration part of the process because failure and frustration diminish as I get better. Right? So anyway. All right. What else? Any 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 questions, comments, complaints? They're always the silent you're talking about the silent quitters, right? Those are the guys that click off and go away, but you know. Well no no, my wife really needed something. My wife, too. I'll be finished shortly. Okay? When, when, you, when you make certain decisions a certain way, especially around those closest to you, you teach them how to treat you. Hmm. You teach them what's allowed. And if they're allowed to interrupt you, they're going to interrupt you because they assume that what they want or need is more important than what you want or need or are doing. What they're doing is more important than what you're doing. Okay? So, again, decisions influence not only outcomes, but decisions influence other decisions. Decisions influence choices. Right? Anyway. Embrace the suck. (laughs) (laughs) Questions? Comments? The only thing that came in was from Eric Wiest. He said, rise to the level of your peers and or opponents. What did I just say in class the other day? Crap. Oh, that really jumps out. Oh. A good part of class was being kind of, not lethargic, but meh, good enough kind of thing. And I said, you are here to train to be extraordinary, to learn the skills to be extraordinary in your life. 
but you are also training to handle extraordinary situations, right? A brutal, masochistic, enraged tard, bleep that for myself, right, that's coming at you, hopefully in your life, is not an everyday occurrence. If you're settling for ordinary, you will not be able to handle extraordinary situations. If you're aiming for ordinary, you will not be able to create an extraordinary experience for yourself. Just That's not the way it works. It goes all the way back to karma. No matter how much the eight-year-old inside still wants to blow out candles after making a wish, that shit don't work. Not without a whole bunch of other things that come after the wish, dream, or goal. It doesn't work that way. It's just like the, the, the law of attraction. Okay? That's, that shit's not shit. Okay? But if you believe that, that the way it's being presented is all you need, that's like step one of a 13-step process. That's the start. People are disappointed by it because it sounds easy. All I have to do is envision it and want it badly enough. And somebody will knock on my door and go, shut up. It's not the way it works. It's the first of, like like I said, like a 13, in the expanded version, like a 25-part process. <gasps> That'll scare a shit ton of people away. Holy crap. 13 was bad enough. 25. Oh, see, now you've crossed the line. Right. <laughs> the fact that I had to get out of bed to even start working on this stuff. Holy shit. Right? Anyway. What else? Uh, Kristen Badman just said, John used to say not to aim for ordinary. Hmm. He must have been paying attention in class. No. <laughs> John was a very different person from the guy that I met. And I don't mean the 10-year-old, but um, <laughs> he had a different story for that one. Um, just John's changed his entire life. I've had so many students just, when they take these lessons to, to heart, right, just everything changes. But everything changes because you change. Decisions change, how you set things up the control that you take, right? And it only has to be a little bit every day. I think I posted something like this um, the other day, right? If, if aiming high and doing a lot isn't working for you, right? Because often, you know, your subconscious picture of yourself is, cry, is, is screaming bullshit, right? You can't step outside of your norm, if you don't believe in yourself that much, right, you can't just go, well, I'm going to aim for this. I'm not going to – your, your subconscious, that, that little picture in there is going, bullshit, that's not you, right? So – but you can aim for a 1% change between today and tomorrow or a 5% change or whatever, right? Um, then you get some momentum, right? Success breeds success. One of my teachers used to say, you know, everybody dreams of building the Taj Mahal. And I don't mean literally, right, but something that big, right? But they don't have the discipline to place one brick in the wall a day, right? So 
You don't have to do all those things, right? And, and sometimes you can reverse engineer the process and look back at what you might even think is simple things, okay? Had you rearrange your day to free up the time to be here on this podcast? And maybe you've been doing it for a while, but at a certain point, you had to remember, you had to do certain things, you had to work things out, whether it was work or family or whatever, to have the dedicated time so that you could be on it, right? How'd you do that? That's the exact same process as attaining any other goal. You figure out what you need to do, you work it out, and you do the do. And here you are. Right? And maybe you only did a half an hour of the first one, but then you can eat out whatever. Okay? So um, do what you can do, but do it consistently. And if you can do some of these other things that make it easier to do what needs to be done, that's not willpower. Right? That's planning. That's Then it comes down to what Lee mentioned much earlier, which is part of our stuff too, right? Discipline. Okay? Doing the do. Whether you feel like it or not, stop being led around by whether today's a good day or not a good day. The only thing that matters is am I closer to the thing that I want or not? Sometimes you just have to be that cold, calculated scientist. Throw the switch and feel like it. I've had a couple of harsh lessons for a couple of students here recently. One, a new student today is supposed to be testing for his white belt. Yes, we even test for those, right? After class, he told me, well, I thought you were trying to trick me with something. Not my fault. I said, join me up front. And he said, no. And I said, okay, I'll test you for your white belt next class. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. One, telling your teacher no is already a huge no-no in Japanese martial arts. And two, if you're going to operate on assumptions, then, okay, postpone the opportunity. Why do you know what? You could have said, excuse me, Sensei, why do you need me up there? Okay. Happened to Sensei McLaurin the other day. She's going to do the same thing. Called a student up to, to do the to do their little test and stuff, and she said, no, I don't feel like it. He said, okay, great. You can test for your white belt next time. She left upset at him. Okay? If you say no, I understand. You're, you could be saying, I don't know enough, Right? or no, not right now, or whatever, but you're also saying no to any potential benefits that are coming out of it. Now, we've been taught by mentors and teachers and whatnot all along, right, to avoid hardship, right? Make it easy, do just enough, whatever, and then we want something bigger, and we're not equipped. We're not skilled. We can't do more than average. And often we've been enabled to piss, moan, and whine about things because that's what everybody does. Good. Do what everybody else does and you'll get what everybody else is getting. 
You must believe that you deserve more or you wouldn't be wanting or dreaming for more. But now there's a conflict between the part of you that is reaching and the part of you that's bought into the programming and the bullshit. That's a whole different thing, right? I'm just, also, all I wanted today was to get over the whole freaking, how do I get more willpower? Stop relying on willpower. Willpower is bullshit. Okay? Might you need it every once in a while? Yeah, a company with discipline. Well, what is the difference? A plan, a goal, and commitment to the goal. I think I mentioned that already. So, <laughs> just keeps looping back, right? All right, what else? Uh, nothing else. That was it. Nothing. Man, either I put a whole bunch of people to sleep or, man, I'm really good at this. Or heads are cracking and smoke is walking <laughs> out. Whatever. Anyway, all right. Just think about it. Right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. Right? I'm just sharing process. And, you know, the same kind of things that I had to be exposed to, right? But just the old fat, bald guy. So cool thing about being a grown-up, you can do whatever you want. If you want to get certain places and you want to do it, you know, with the magic that's supposed to be ninjutsu or mikyo or these other things that, you know, have been passed down, then those who know would suggest that you don't do certain dumb things because they're counterproductive no matter how many other people are doing. Okay? Because if the masses were right, <laughs> the world would be different. <laughs> or if the masses were right, think about this. There's no point in doing anything else. If the masses are right, then life is shit and this is all we've got. Because the masses are not aiming for anything bigger than eating, sleeping, shitting, getting up, and doing it all again tomorrow. Vacationing at the same times, whatever. It's the same freaking routines. And, be, and it's not even a worldwide phenomenon. It's just whatever group you're in. Because you settled into the group that thinks like you, speaks like you, or you settled into a group and adapted to that group thing. That sucks. Okay. And never, ever, ever, I think I mentioned this before, never be the smartest guy in the room or the smartest, smartest girl in the room or the group you're in or whatever. If you are, one, it should only be temporary because somehow you moved into a leadership position and should be problem solving, right? And you got a group that's there to help, right? Um, or you're going to stagnate because you're, you're going to stop growing. You need to find another group. You can certainly stay in that group and be in a leadership position, but you, if you're growth-oriented, you've got to find another group where you don't have to be the dumbest one in the room, but you get the idea, right? Um, and don't aim for average in a group, right? Game theory works. The upper 20% of any group will outpace the 80% by a long shot, and there's 1% one to 2% of that 20% will outpace them by an even greater degree. 
It's just natural. It, it's just, this is not unfair. This is not the world cheating. This is not scamming. This is not the man's out to get you. This has been proven in everything from games all the way to whatever groups and structures. Anyway, is that it? That, that truly is it? Uh, Eric Weiss just threw out the thank you for the invite to this night's episode, sir. It was the right message for the right moment. Look at me. Accidentally helpful. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad there was there was uh, value. Okay, um, James. Anything else? Uh, so, if you're interested in the uh, Ninja Motivation Influence uh, program, let us know. There's a couple of tweaks we have to do. What we're doing to the information page and stuff. I know I made this offer before, and people were interested that night. As soon as we got everything fixed, it was like a day or two. Like all the interest went away, right? So people forgot that they wanted to work on something to get better, so that they could. Never mind, right? But uh, you can always send an email in or post uh, a comment either on YouTube or on the Facebook pages or whatever. We'll keep an eye on it. We can get a link to you uh, for that program. Uh, Spring Camp, right? Um, <coughs> sorry. Spring Camp is May 5th, 6th, and 7th. Is that right? 5th, 6th, and 7th? Yes. I think, okay. Of 2023, right? I think Phil's already planning on being in. Um so uh, that's in. You can go to onlineninjaacademy.com forward slash events, and it's the first event that's listed. So the theme and uh, this, uh, a bunch of the sessions are listed. The only thing that's not there uh, will be are the breakout sessions that I'm waiting for the little write-ups from the instructors, the, the guest instructors that are going to be helping with those. Uh, and then fall camp is September 29th and 30th and October 1st. Uh, I have not chosen a theme for that, so suggestions, toss your ideas in the hat. Uh, and then um, our first Japan trip in a couple of years because of all the COVID stuff, uh, September 4th to September 18th. Uh, it's a two-week trip, but you can certainly just sign up for one week or whatever. Um, but it, it, there will be specific time things because I'm not putting my agenda in a chaotic place because people are coming in whenever, right? So there'll be a structured kind of thing. Uh, but we are going to uh, Togakushi, which is what most people know as Togakure Mountain, right? Where the Togakure Ryu come, uh, comes from. Kyoto, uh, there's a castle down there and a couple of temples that are connected to what we're doing. But the castle has a nightingale floor that was designed to catch ninja. It's actually designed by a ninja, uh, Hatori Hanzo. Uh, uh, a bunch of other places, right? And we're training with a bunch of master instructors and Soke, uh, the new Soke, right? Uh, and who knows? If he's still kicking and, and breathing and all that kind of stuff, um, might be able, be able to arrange for a, uh, a lunch or something like that. Hatsumi said, say, no guarantees. I can't make those guarantees, okay? That's too far out to, to do anything, right? But who knows? All right, uh, that's all I have. So, James, are we good? Yes, sir. We be good. All right, so hopefully I'll see everybody again next time. Do you, do you know what? Do you have the thing pulled? Wait, maybe I have it. Have it. Have it. Give people a heads up for next week. Uh, next week is uh, on being a ninja. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, we're going to talk about different types of ninja, uh, things out of uh, the Matsuchukai, that kind of stuff, right? What kind of ninja are you actually aiming to be? And I don't mean like a good one or a bad one. I don't mean that kind of thing, right? Um, so that's next week. And the week after that, uh, we are uh, going to be looking at the Japanese uh, uh, concept of ski no kokoro, ski no kokoro, which is mind like the moon, right? So um, I don't know, maybe that pushed a couple of hmm, uh, thoughts, but we'll, uh, we'll dive into those things, right? So a couple of weeks of like philosophical kind of things and not just like, you know, why are you not doing what you're supposed to be doing? Right. So anyway, maybe they'll just be entertaining, philosophically entertaining. Right. That's it. Right. So James, thanks for your help. Uh, I think we're, we'll still be on after I'm done here, but we're going to wrap this up and I'll talk to everybody again next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden radio, subscribe through your favorite podcasting site, or join our clan of serious modern warriors at onlineninjaacademy.com.